For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to CFB Unfiltered. I am Blaine Gilmer, joined by Donovan White and Josh Taylor, my two co-hosts here on the show on the Believe Podcast Network that touches on all things college football related. We've got headlines. We've got playoffs, Heisman talk, and the big three at the end, but we're going to try to help you out on a little bit of wagering if you'd like to do so all of those good things but a little show announcement here we wanted to announce obviously uh, we're premiering here on the 365 sports youtube channel here on this friday and on the believe podcast network on friday morning so no longer we'll be going live but we're going to be doing two shows each week we're going to have something for you coming out on friday where we preview the week ahead this week we have a game in you know iowa and maryland's actually on friday night so we got a little friday night football so we'll be touching on all of the games throughout the the weekend the the marquee matchups and then on mondays we'll be dropping a reaction episode what went down and why all of the hot takes that you could want but josh you know Speaking of headlines, man, there's some teams that are out there that are making headlines and not necessarily for all the right reasons either. Yeah, Clemson barely hanging on to the top 25. Kind of surprised they're still there with two losses. Um, Dabo Sweeney, his seat might be getting a little high. The fans aren't too happy there. Um, I kind of want to talk about that real quick because I told I texted y'all today and said I just want a couple minutes just to talk about Dabo Sweeney. And I thought about something. Outside of three guys who have been generational talent guys with Hopkins, Deshaun Watson, and Trevor Lawrence, what other players has Dabo Sweeney really come out of Clemson that have really thrived in the NFL? Like, Can you name one off the top of your head besides those three guys? Hunter Renfro. I mean, he's a, a slot guy who scored a national championship off a pick. But outside of that, like you have like Isaiah Simmons. Gruden is using him to full... Full capacity over there, man. I mean, yes, but like I can name last class of Alabama. They had more in the last year or two than Clemson had. So, like, my point is Dabo Sweeney is going into living rooms, sitting down with parents and saying, Hey, man, come to Clemson. South Carolina's gorgeous. It's not, we're going to win national championships. You're going to go to the NFL. I'm going to, you know, get you going to where you need to go. And it's not happening. He's more worried about players getting paid, saying he's going to quit as soon as that happens. And, players taking some of his money i guess but he's not developing guys and he doesn't have that player this year who's going to bail him out that's that like once in a lifetime player like deshaun watson and trevor lawrence you have dj yeah he's a great quarterback but what are you doing with them in your schemes and it looks like nothing nothing these first few weeks have changed for him there so Dabo, i'm looking at you i'm saying like what are you going to do about this and who's really going to step up um, I, I don't see anyone really. Like I said, DJ, he's struggling out there. Like, he doesn't know what to do with all of his new weapons. So I'm a little bit concerned. I don't mind being an Alabama fan, um, but still, 
I mean, last game against NC State, 111 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception. That is not Clemson numbers. Huh? You're not going to win championships like that. And Donovan, I was going to uh, throw to you on that in terms of Clemson's offense. One thing you could always bet on with Clemson was being able to be very sound up front. The offensive line, guys like Mitch Hyatt there over the past were just anchors on that offense. And I'm going to get your perspective on that, on Clemson's O-line, after I talk about bet online right here. Speaking of being able to bet on things, guys, we are thankful for Bet Online for sponsoring the CFB Unfiltered Podcast. It's back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. Don't forget to use the code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your bonus from football basketball to boxing guys all the action your vegas casino games that you like to play don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers on this 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts but donovan like i said you could always bet on that clemson offensive line getting the job done not the case here in 2021. Yeah, you saw guys like Jackson Carmen leave. Obviously not doing much for the Cincinnati Bengals right now, but that's not to take away what he did in college, right? They had guys up front. And honestly, I don't think that the players there at Clemson up front are bad football players, right? I've watched these guys on films before in the past few years. They're they're fundamentally sound. They really are. They're just not getting put in a great position, right? You take out the bad quarterback play, right? That, that can be from multiple reasons, whether it's a scheme or just – you know, DJ's not a good quarterback, right? There's a couple of reasons, but you, you're not getting put in good positions to succeed, right? You're not having the right schemes. You're not utilizing the players around you. That's a multitude of things. They're not elite, right? They're not great. Like they have been. And when they're struggling, right. And you're not putting them in great positions, the whole team's going to struggle as evident by their offensive and their team play the past couple of weeks. Well, no adjustments what? at all. No, no adjustments, no adjustments. And uh, that that is, you know, a little bit of indictment on Dabo and his, his staff over there. So we'll see how they get it adjusted. Obviously, Dabo's put enough equity in the in the bank over there where he didn't have to worry about anything. He could probably lose the rest of his games. And, I mean, he's going to be just fine over there at Clemson for what he's brought to that little town there in South Carolina. But we'll uh, – you know, does it become a trend? Does this offense look like this, you know, later in this year and into next year? We'll see. Dr. Pepper may be wanting their money back from DJ uh, Uwe yeah. Ungalele, though. We will say that. But, you know, uh, the guy that I cover all the time at UGA Sports, Kirby Smart, he's, his saying this year is either you're elite or you're not. Guys, this next team that we're going to talk about in their headline, Florida, they're playing at an elite level when it comes to their rushing attack, averaging 323 yards rushing per game, 264 yards rushing in SEC play. Donovan, how just those are mind-boggling numbers and has to be an offensive lineman's dream when you've got a coach like Dan Mullen drawing stuff up in the dirt, but really basically just telling you guys go mash them up front and we're gonna we're gonna run behind the holes you open up. 
Yeah, it means a lot when you are not only the center of your team, but you're the center of, you know, trust of your team, right? If they didn't trust you, they wouldn't be having these play calls that are allowing you to get over 200 yards rushing per game, right? And we saw them, you know, ball out against Bama, even though they lost. And so the next question was, okay, was that a fluke? Or are they going to do that against, you know, good front seven of Tennessee? And guess what? They did. 283 yards rushing by Emory, by, you know, by uh, Florida as an offense total, right? They are legit. And that could carry them far in the SEC. Josh, you're, I know you're going to talk probably about a two-quarterback system, and it's going to be uh, something along the lines of Emory Jones and uh, Anthony Richardson both. I've got a question is, you know, Emory Jones has played his two best games when he hasn't had to look over his shoulder at Anthony Richardson. Do you think that factors into play, or you think Dan Mullen is just Anthony Richardson's too talented he's going to play him regardless? I think we'll see more of both when he's not busy doing backflips and stuff before the game, you know, being injured. Um, they're completely different in the aspect of Anthony's just a giant dude. Like he, they're comparing him to Tim Tebow with his jersey number and his size and everything already. Emory Jones is more of like that quicker, shifty guy. Um, so I think we will see both. I don't know if Mullins feels like he has to play Emory Jones just because this is supposed to be like his year. Like he's waited. Now it's finally his turn. I don't know if that pressure's on him, but I think we'll see more of Anthony Richardson slowly getting put in there. In certain situations, too, like goal line, I'm absolutely putting Anthony in because just let him run it straight ahead. If you're on the two-yard line, I'm not putting Emory Jones on the field. Yeah, and also uh, an intriguing matchup. It's not one of our uh, games of the week that we're going to talk about, but Florida going to Kentucky, an eight-point favorite going into Lexington. That that Kentucky defense, in my opinion, may be the – second best defense in the entire sec behind that of georgia they've got nfl talent everywhere on that field guys who are going to be invited to the senior bowl i think there's eight or nine seniors on that defense it is a mark stoops has to love what he's got going on there in lexington well, they uh, turn the ball over so much on offense yeah, if they can play cleaner, if they can play cleaner this florida game it could be intriguing here this weekend but uh then we've got oklahoma josh who is just they're getting it done. I mean, they're undefeated. It's like it, it. It's. I guess it is a factor. Uh, they're a victim of their own success, right? You know, they've yeah. been so successful, so dominant in the Big Twelve. Now, when they have any kind of hiccup or don't just absolutely obliterate teams, people are like, "What's wrong with Oklahoma?" Yeah, I mean, to me, Oklahoma's like a 2008 Honda Civic. Like, it's not pretty, but it's getting the job done. Like, it's getting you from point A to point B. But Spencer Rattled or Rattler, uh, he he's getting booed at home. Like, how embarrassing is that? You're supposed to be, like, the number one overall draft pick going into the season. You sign this big NIL deal. You're, like, the guy. You're They're saying that you're better than Jalen Hurts, maybe better than Baker Mayfield, and then you're just getting booed at home. It's not a good look, but they just cannot run the ball. And I've never seen that from Oklahoma team in the last few years. So defenses are literally saying, throw the ball. Like, we want you to because we know you can't run it. Like, we can easily stop your run with just our front four. So we want you to throw the ball. We're, we're going to make sure that you can't. Donovan, is that just a lack of uh, Oklahoma being able to get movement up front? Uh, you know, too many people in the box. Spencer Rattler not, you know, executing well enough on some of those RPOs that made – uh, guys like like Murray and Mayfield and all these guys, you know, that have been there and won Heisman's. It, what what's the reason that Oklahoma is not able to run the football effectively? Yeah, I think a big misconception when we look at you know top elite programs like Oklahoma or like Clemson, right? When they struggle in the run game, it can't always be that their offensive line is just bad, 
right? They recruit too well for them to just be bad football players. They're not, they're not a mid-tier power five program that just happens to be bad, you know, that position. So they have the talent there and they have the coaching. It's been the same offensive line coach there for the past few years. So you look at other things that are going on. They don't have a ton of the playmakers that they have in the past, you know, the big name guys. And again, when your quarterback's struggling, it doesn't help your offense at all. It doesn't help your O-line because if the defense knows, hey, like you said, Josh, please throw the ball. Like, please throw the ball. They can throw different blitzes at you, right? They can confuse the scheme up front in the run game and the pass game. And so it's just a whole big mess over there uh, in Sooner Nation. Great, great point there in terms of, you know, it's an entire team team deal and the, the scheme. And sometimes, guys, you you reach a point where you lose enough people from successful programs where there is a little bit of a dip. You know, everybody is human, those programs. So interesting points there. And now we're going to move on to one of our favorite segments of the show. We're talking about playoffs. But before we do that, not every game can be in the illustrious package that is our marquee matchups of the week that are have playoff implications. But there are some games out there that we wanted to list on honor, honorable mention. One of them is taking place tonight, Josh, with Iowa traveling to Maryland. Your hero, your your guy to a tongue of Iowa, his little brother in action over there uh, at Maryland as the Hawkeyes come to town. Yeah, baby tag of Iowa. I'm really interested to see what Coach Loxley draws up. You know, obviously love Coach Loxley from his time at Alabama. Just a great coach. One of those guys you want to play for. But I want to see what he can draw up offensively to challenge that Iowa defense who might be possibly challenging Georgia for one of the top uh, defenses in the country. So I want to see what they can do to counter that. We know Iowa can score on Maryland's defense. It's been struggling, I mean, especially against the Illinois game. I was just surprised. Illinois was down to like their third and fourth string running back and just running the ball at will against Maryland. So they need to lock that up. But the best thing to do is, Coach Loxley, keep your offense on the field and just score as many points as you can, but it's not going to be easy against Iowa. Uh, I, I would say Iowa wins this one pretty easily. Donovan, Iowa's got a really strong front probably the best center in all of college football. When you look at him pulling and running 30 yards downfield and just destroying guys, Tyler Linderbaum just absolutely demolishing folks. I mean, just it's crazy what he's able to do athletically for that front that, you know, not many coaches can go in there and say, all right, we're going to scheme up to pull our center and go block the corner over here. I mean, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't happen a lot of times. So, Donovan, you know, talk about this Iowa front going into this game of Maryland. Yeah, I'm waiting for the rest of their line to kind of feed off that talent. Right? When you have a guy, especially in the middle at center, you, you're lucky to have, uh, you know, great center general, but an elite center. I mean, Josh, you mentioned he is – you usually see the freak athletes at tackle watching him pin and pull like that is i mean it's, it's like art to me right it's awesome so i'm waiting for that o-line to kind of feed around him a little bit feed off that energy and take the next step and again against the maryland defense that struggles a little bit this could be that game where iowa's offense kind of just gets a little you know extra jolt as big 10 play really kicks up no doubt so pick uh picks on that one real quick everybody iowa Easy. Iowa, Iowa, yeah, too much. Yeah. Clean, clean sweep. I think Iowa, the fighting Tyler Linderbombs and Kurt <laughs> Ferentz's go in there and take Big care. Big man ballerina, yep. Yeah, go take care of things at College Park. And our second honorable mention game, OUK State. Don't have to talk about this one too much. We've kind of talked about uh, Oklahoma's problems. It'll probably be a game where it looks like just absolute crap with both teams, just a just a slugfest of nobody being able to 
move the ball much. Spencer Rattler and company doing just enough. Everybody taking uh, Oklahoma to stay uh, stay undefeated in this matchup. Yes, ugly, but I think Deuce Vaughn's going to run the ball pretty well against Oklahoma and make it interesting, kind of stress out uh, Sooner Nation once again. Probably some more booze coming. Yeah, it's going to be a close one, nice and stressful for Sooner Nation, which I always love to see. Yeah, I do think that Oklahoma will sweat it out there in Manhattan, Kansas, but they, they get it done and in typical Sooner fashion for this 2021 season. And finally, an absolute rock fight up there in, in Madison, Wisconsin. You have two teams that may rush the ball a combined 85, 90 times in this game. I mean, it's going to be run the football central uh Game ought to go pretty quick between Michigan and Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, and I think, I, yeah, I think Michigan hits more explosive runs in this game. Wisconsin can't stop turning the ball over. Uh, so I, I like Michigan. I, I put out a tweet saying I think was, uh, Michigan right now is the best team in the in the uh, Big Ten. I know Donovan doesn't like hearing that, but uh, I'm going to take I'm going to take Michigan to beat Wisconsin. I agree with you. I think uh, Michigan wins this one. Aiden Hutchinson on the outside, uh, bringing that rush. Graham Mertz is going to be running for his life all game. I want to see more of a passing game from Michigan. I mean, we've been – I've personally, I've been, you know, harsh on their offense the last few years. They've always had good guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones. They can't utilize their offense at all. They're like, oh, we got a lot of talent, but let's just not do anything with it. So, I'm waiting for some kind of passing game from Michigan that's been non-existent so far. you got to get the, the passing game going if you want to do anything in the Big Ten. Yeah, I'm with you, Josh. we got to see more from their passing game. Otherwise, Michigan will remain as the fourth, and I said the fourth best Big, team, Big Ten team, right? <laughs> It's pretty far uh, down. <laughs> listen, yeah, listen, I know Wisconsin, the score you know, doesn't really reflect the game they had against Notre Dame. But again, Wisconsin's not a great football team. Our, some of our predictions with that were quite far off. But I'm going with Michigan to cover again. The one, one and a half point basically pick them spread. I don't, I don't get too much with this game. I'm going Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Betting-wise, uh, Chris Falica, love Bear, by the way. He tweeted out, going back to 2016, there have been nine unranked teams of which have been favored versus a top 15 team, which is Michigan. Seven of the nine have won that game, including West Virginia two weeks ago versus Virginia Tech. So, little bet nugget there if you're uh, – Plan on throwing some money on that one. Yeah, I just I, I don't trust I don't I just don't trust Wisconsin to not give the game away. So uh, as they did against Notre Dame last week. So that brings us to our segment where we're going to talk about games that di- will directly impact the playoffs. It's time to talk about the playoffs. Uh, th- playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? So in terms of a playoff atmosphere, a game that is going to have a lot of eyeballs on it, no more so than where college game day is headed, Athens, Georgia. I'll be there on the field for the entire game, on the field, uh, getting to cover this one. It is Arkansas at Georgia. You have Georgia, Mm. an 18-point favorite in this one. Josh, does Vegas know something that the rest of us don't? Vegas always knows something, but that's just so many points for such a defensive battle. Like I want it to be such, I want it to be like a low scoring slug fest, but I just, I don't like 18 points. I told you before we started recording, that's just too much 
um, for Arkansas, but their offense might be a little too stagnant. You only have really one wide receiver who might be the best wide receiver in the SEC. Run game is not going to really do much against Georgia, so like you have to pull out some bells and whistles against Georgia, and I just don't think Arkansas has that against that legendary defensive line in the making, and that, that was hard for me to say. Donovan, I mean, th this is a battle of the trenches, not only in terms of Georgia's defensive line, but you have – uh, Arkansas's defensive line with Big Ridgeway in the middle. They got Trey mm -hmm. Williams, the Missouri transfer, who has just wreaked havoc on opposing offenses. But I got a question, you know, how is – are we going to find out how good truly that Arkansas defense is? Because it's not like Texas A&M's offense is clicking on all cylinders right now, and Texas was in the middle of a quarterback change when they played them as well. So, Donovan, what do you think we'll find out about this Arkansas three-man front, dropping eight defense as they go against Georgia. Yeah, listen, we found out a lot about their offensive line over the past week that they're legit, right? We're going to find out this week in their front seven if they truly are legit because, again, they haven't been tested against such a complete team like Georgia, right, at, at all this season, right? And, again, they played some good teams, but like you mentioned, a lot of changes, right, a lot of, you know, uh, uh, inconsistent play like from Texas A&M. We're going to see, you know, Georgia's been consistent this whole year. I know they had the game against Clemson. They didn't score many points. Their offense was was banged up. I mean, really banged up. They're getting some playmakers back now. We're going to see what this Arkansas defense is really about. Yeah, yeah no. talk about dropping eight. But one thing I love about Arkansas's defense is when someone gets the ball, everyone is there ready to go, especially that linebacker core led by Bumper Pool, um, who's back. He was phenomenal last week against Texas A&M. It's just even when they run the ball, like, as soon as the lane opens up, the linebackers are there. They communicate well. Everyone's on the same page. You can just tell that defense is just clicking. And then, of course, Jalen Catalone. You got to watch that passing game. He might pick. He might pick off JT Daniels. You never know. How many times did Gary Danielson say the phrase "race to the ball"? And he said he said that's Arkansas's thing. But Gary Danielson, in typical Gary Danielson uh, form, made you hate that saying just by him saying it, you know, fifty times there in a row. So no doubt they rallied to the ball, hundred percent, well coached with a Barry Odom, uh, you know, former Missouri head coach turned defensive coordinator now for Arkansas. He did a great job calling defenses when he was the coordinator at Missouri and, and also the head coach now doing carrying that over with great SEC experience there for Sam Pittman. But, guys, uh, if you're watching on the 365 Sports YouTube channel, you can see that Georgia's only allowing 69.5 rushing yards per game. Mm. Um, they almost had more points than Vanderbilt had total yards last week. And I know it's Vanderbilt, but guys, anytime you do that, that's just an unbelievably impressive stat. They're getting healthy. They're getting – already they have Brock Bowers, who at this point could arguably be the best tight end so far in the country with the two that Alabama have there. You've got Billingsley and, and Latou, and then also uh, Brock Bowers are all just really doing their thing there in the SEC but you've got Darnell Washington now coming back, which is the equivalent, Josh, of lining up LeBron James on the other side. Dude, so big. <laughs> He's six foot seven, maybe six foot eight, 260 pounds, can run like a deer, and he's finally healthy. They get Tyke Smith back on that defense uh, to play the star position, give him a little depth in that secondary, which is much needed. I think that uh, Vegas is seeing these guys returning. Kendall Milton didn't play last week against Vanderbilt when they scored 62 points, and Kendall Milton is a load to tackle. He's coming back from a shoulder. So they're getting three tremendous playmakers back. William Poole, 
was uh, academically ineligible for the first four games. So there's another safety coming back for that Georgia defense. I think that's what uh, Vegas is seeing. I like Georgia to not cover the 18. I was pretty, gonna say pretty close. I'm gonna give them. Uh, I'm gonna give them a victory. I'm gonna say they win this one, 28 to 13 in Athens. What are you guys' uh, predictions? I I just don't. I fear for KJ Jefferson's life. To be honest with you, like I know he's gonna want to run the ball. He's not gonna be able to pass on Georgia. So like, and he's, he's got gonna, a knee. He's got a knee. Exactly. Uh, knee and that defensive line, like we talked about, there's just it's it, it's it, like people say that Alabama cranks out these guys in a lab. Georgia's doing the same thing with that D line. Like, what's the smallest guy? Like six four, three twenty, like on the line. It's ridiculous. So, I fear for KJ's life. He's gonna try to run the ball because he's gonna want to because that's what he has to do, and he's just gonna get ate up all game long. I think it's gonna be low scoring. I could see 20, 27, 10. 27-13-ish kind of game. I just don't see Arkansas being able to move the ball outside of Burks. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go a little worse, little higher scoring, just 30-17, to 17, right, Georgia? I Only because I could see Georgia's defense forcing some mistakes out of Arkansas. Right? Mm. We know where they've been, right? But, again, this moment is huge, and you're playing probably the most complete team in college football, They're, especially on the defense side. They could pressure you into making some big time mistakes, which could just add a few more points, add some good field position there. So thirty seventeen is my there's, final. there's some strip sacks coming. No, we are. Now moving on to the two that games at twelve noon. So we didn't forget to mention the the Georgia games at, at twelve o'clock. But now, guys, moving on to the two thirty kickoff game. It is, guys, is this the biggest group of five game ever in terms of impact when it comes to Cincinnati? going to Notre Dame. And I say that because you look at the Bearcats, guys, and they have a legitimate shot to be highly favored in the rest of their games. They take care of business here in South Bend. You have two undefeated teams coming into this one. Josh, what's your what's your take on Desmond Ritter and the crew coming in to take on Brian Kelly's Fighting Irish? You kind of hope Cincinnati does win just because I don't see Notre Dame getting through their gauntlet of a schedule undefeated. So, like, if you want a group of five to get to the playoffs, you're hoping Cincinnati because they can put this win on their resume. But betting-wise, I've been so back and forth on this game. I see a lot of similarities. I see both teams have just a defensive stud. But for some reason, Notre Dame loves playing to their opponents, whether it's good or bad. Like, you see them struggle against Florida State, and then they just start blowing out Wisconsin at the end of the game. I will say, though, the one stat that really stuck out to me is Jack Cohn has been sacked an FBS high 19 times so far this season. So, Donovan, I have to ask you, what is going on with that top-notch offensive line for Notre Dame? You know, you have so much kind of cycling out of talent, right, with Notre Dame, and, and you do have coaching changes every now and then in Notre Dame. And, again, your quarterback, you know, Jack Cohn isn't uh, – you know, he's he's not anything special, right? You. He's not a horrible quarterback, but he's not anything special, right? He's not that good. When you have all those pieces in line, right? And again, we know what the Notre Dame offensive line is supposed to be, right? And they're just not that this year. And whether it's a scheme or a talent level, again, it's kind of a similar thing. You know, they have the talent. It's the same guys that have been there the past three, four years. It's just you look kind of more in a broader perspective. And again, going up against Cincinnati defensive line, I know they only have about four or five sacks on the air. Cincinnati defensive line, I think, could be in for a big day against the Notre Dame offensive line. They gave up six sacks to Toledo. 
No doubt. Notre Dame is only averaging 2.3 yards per carry, guys. They're only averaging 80 yards rushing per game. That is not a recipe for success when you do not have dynamic quarterback play. Uh, you know, Jack Cohn is serviceable, not a guy that can put the team on his back and go, go, you know, win a game. Desmond Ritter, you know, he's got his own questions. We'll see what happens with him. Um, ultimately, I think that the, the team – and this is a weird thing to say when you're talking about Cincinnati versus Notre Dame. I think that the team speed, the way that that Cincinnati plays faster, not just you know in a foot race, but they play faster. They 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 handle their assignments faster than Notre Dame does. I'm gonna say I'm gonna take Cincinnati to cover that one and a half points, and I'm gonna pick them to win this game. Mm, let's say. I'm gonna I'm gonna take them to win this one 24 to 17 over, over Notre Dame. That's exactly what I had. Um, like you said in the graphic there, get my Alabama transfer drum forward going on that run game. Keep the ball in uh Ritter's hands as much as possible. But what I love about this game, two of my favorite guys in the draft, you have these two defensive studs with Sauce Gardner and Kyle Hamilton, who I've been raving on since the beginning of the season, and people are finally getting to see what he's got. Who's going to step up when their team needs it on defense? Who's going to get those turnovers? I mean, so far, Cincinnati's defense has caused nine turnovers total, while Notre Dame has nine interceptions alone, led by Kyle Hamilton's three, which is absurd, by the way. And then they have two fumble recoveries on defense. So I want to see who helps out their offense and give them a short field because I would much rather have the ball at the 20 with uh, not being able to run the ball as much if you're Notre Dame. So short field is going to win the game. Who wins the turnover battle? And I say Cincinnati. Yeah, I think Desmond Ritter is going to take a big step, big step in this game and kind of show himself. Yes, exactly. Show himself as like, listen, I'm ready to play. Like, I'm ready to play in the NFL, but I'm ready to play this season. Right. Again, I don't think they're going to blow out Notre Dame. I'm going to go Cincinnati 27 20. Right. But I think it's going to be pretty convincing the entire way. Not so much Indiana where you're like, oh my gosh, Cincinnati's about to blow it against Indiana. I think it's going to be pretty clear from the beginning that Cincinnati has a stronghold on the game. Yeah, so we we all like the Bearcats to take out Notre Dame at home, and that was, like I said, the 2.30 game. So we're going in chronological order here. We had Arkansas and Georgia kicking off at 12. You can then flip over the channels if you're at home, watch a little Cincinnati and Notre Dame. Hey, guys, is that on NBC or the Peacock Network? How do they even do those games now? Notre Dame's got NBC as on like a lifetime contract, so it's got to be on NBC. Oh, I know, but they've got that thing with the Peacock Network now, so I don't know if if they're doing it on an app or all that kind of stuff either. But, uh, you know, so Cincinnati, Notre Dame at 2.30, and then – Josh, I know at 3.30, you'll be glued to the television to watch your Alabama Crimson Tide take on the Old Miss Rebels. And if you're watching on the YouTube channel, you can see on the top bullet point for us on Old Miss, Lane ain't scared. I'm telling you, Lane Kiffin has the most unique attitude going into this matchup of any former Saban assistant out there. He just knows – he seems to know – what frustrates Nick more than anybody else in terms of just annoying him personally it is it, and I think Lane takes great great pleasure in that Alabama a 14 point so a two mm. touchdown favorite for this game guys Ole Miss, Ole Miss racked up 647 yards in this contest last year Josh 
I'm def- we'll defer to you on this one. The Alabama, Alabama, uh, faithful over there. What are you, what are your thoughts on the lane train pulling into Tuscaloosa? First off, I love Lane Kiffin. Like when he was at Alabama, so many people hated the hire, but I loved Lane Kiffin. I got a little video giving him a fist bump against Tennessee when he was wearing his orange tie when they uh, beat them down. But Lane knows what to do, and that's the scary thing. I need to see what Saban does to counter this. Like you said, last year just yacked up yards against us. And you know they're going to do it again. So like, my biggest thing is discipline on the defensive line. I'm sick and tired of seeing Deshaun Watson, all these mobile quarterbacks run past us and just make our defense look terrible. And Lane Kiffin's going to do the same thing. Like you said, there's a, a trio of running backs, and then you have Matt Crowell who's going to tuck it and go too. So they're going to make short yard plays turn into big yard plays. They're not going to like just throw it deep all the time. They're going to stretch the field. They're going to make sure the linebacker comes up and then just dunk it behind them and take off for 20 yards. So my biggest thing is the defensive line has to play discipline. I need the front four guys. DJ Dale, you got to step up. Full Darius Mathis, I need you to clog up some lanes. Make sure they can't run the ball. But Will Anderson, a beast. Love the guy. But don't be too aggressive and run past the action. Sometimes it's good to wait, be patient, let it come to you, or just go to the play. But don't don't overcommit to things where they're running past you. So this does make me nervous because it's, it's the games that we always lose. It's to that fast-paced offense like Auburn back in the day before they started sucking with Bo Nix. They know what to do, and I'm a little worried, but 14 points is too much. There's no way we're winning by 14. Well, also, and before I get to uh, Donovan on this, it's not just that defensive line. Henry Toa Toa has not been impressive. He is ranked by PFF as having, guys, he is 465th against the run, a grade of 38.5. That's out of 100, folks. Not very not very good. Uh, Christian Harris ranked two two forty one for that linebacker core. I mean, it is it's a linebacking core that struggles right against oh, yeah. the run. I watched a a the touchdown run that I believe it was uh, Damian Pierce for Florida had right up the gut a zone play. You had a linebacker going in man coverage with a blocker running out in the flat and another one running underneath as a puller, and there was no one in the middle of that defense. So Donovan, one thing I wanted to ask you: the I know they're different types of quarterbacks but do you think with lane kiffin being the wise offensive you know genius that he is do you think he will employ some of the option with matt corral some speed option some some counter option that kind of stuff that florida did because matt corral is just as lethal with his legs if not more so than emory jones i think you have to right again you have to pull out every string that you have to beat alabama right and again you have the personnel especially a quarterback to do that this year we know what you can do you know in the air but why don't you you know your offensive line is playing confident right there they're playing they're playing with the speed of this offense which i'll give them credit it's hard to do as a big boy up there they're playing with that speed they're playing while they're playing the whole offense is and Nick Saban's going to know that you're probably going to pull that out. So it's up to Lane Kiffin to kind of in you know deploy that in a the most creative Lane Kiffin way possible. Uh, the one thing I'll say with with Alabama that worries me, and Josh, you can tell me if you agree. I think Bryce Young obviously he's in the Heisman finalist list. Old Miss's defense, nothing scary good about them, but they play scary. I, I don't I don't know if you see what I see. But oh, they, yeah, they play, play angry. Much they, better than last year. Yeah. When you get some juice to them, they feed off of that between each other. I, I know they had like what was it, four or five targeting calls against 
uh, against Louisville. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But you, the way you saw them hit and attack, I mean, they are a violent defense. That's what I'm a little worried about. I know it's at home and with Alabama. I'm a little worried about Bryce Young taking a shot from one of those guys and not even necessarily getting hurt, but just getting rattled a little bit and be like, oh, okay, like these are big boys. These are guys from the SEC. And well, let's me, also I'll come to Josh's defense real quick, Josh. It do. is it is Alabama. I mean, it, we, yeah. we're still talking about Alabama, and we're still talking about a team that has plenty of weapons and also just in a little bit different way. It's not four wide receivers, right, that are going to kill you. Now they've got a tight end combo and Jalil uh, Billingsley and Cameron Latou that have combined for six touchdowns on the year. Those are just two – deadly targets especially in the red zone that teams are going to have you know trouble stopping john mechie has turned into a possession receiver in this offense i mean he's got what 24 25 catches uh, on the year averaging 10 yards a catch and then jameson the williams that Mm. is a special teams nightmare he's a deep threat a guy you know well from ohio state uh donovan that transferred down to, to tuscaloosa so Let's not put it out of context. We're not saying Alabama is some kind of underdog coming into this. It's just the the gap has has closed in a confidence standpoint and also an execution and even a little bit of a talent standpoint. Alabama is still way more of a talented team top to bottom than uh, Old Miss. But there's there's pieces there that are when you got a guy, quarterback is the straw that st- uh, stirs the drink, right? And Matt Corral is playing better than Bryce Young. Bryce Young, I – you know, still right there neck and neck as a favorite for the Heisman Trophy. So if that tells you Alabama's a victim of their own success, guys, they have a little bit of a, a dip in performance, well, something must be wrong. No, they're just not superhumans, right? They, I mean, they're, they are still human beings. So uh, you go ahead, Josh. Uh, go ahead and make your, make your final case and, and pick on this one. Well, I want to say the one thing people aren't talking about, uh, Brian Robinson, senior running back, had a rib injury. I don't think he's 100%. You have to get the run game going. Like, I want old-fashioned Alabama people tweeting out, run the ball, Nick. Like, come on, Brian. They will run the ball, like, a few years back. Like, that's what we did with Eddie Lacy, TJ Yeldon, so on. Mark Ingram, you have Derek to Henry. establish the run. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if we had him this year, he'd be taking it to the house every single time he touched the ball. But you have to get the ball going. Uh, Jace McClellan, Trey Sanders, they got to step up. If Brian Robinson's not 100%, which I don't think he is going to be, they're kind of saying like 85-ish range, step up, run the ball, gash that defense, long possessions to keep that offense off the field. I want to say 41-35. Alabama? Oh, yeah. Roll. (laughs) Roll that, baby. Donovan? Uh, I'm going to go Alabama 41-38. I think it's going to be a pretty close game that either comes down. (laughs) I know. I think it's going to be a close game that comes down to Matt Corral either making a mistake on that kind of last drive or Bama's just consistent run game just ending the game right in those last couple of minutes. Malachi Moore, pick six. I'm calling it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be pretty bold in my prediction as well. I think uh, Mississippi State jumps out ahead early on this one. I think that they they come out with Lane Kiffin. Mike Mike Wilbon already, you know, pissed Lane off earlier this week. He's he's already had the the you know, it just gave him more fuel to the fire here to say, Oh, I'm an embarrassment, am I? I'm gonna I, he he's gonna show you to embarrass me. He's gonna go out and embarrass uh that defense again for six hundred forty seven yards last year, guys. I know that Nick Saban has been circling this game and he's gonna get but guys, if there's 
if there's deep-rooted problems with your defense. You can't just get uh, Henry Toto and that linebacking core to fit right immediately, and and and, and you can't make Henry Toto faster. Uh, he's going to at some point have to cover Jerion Ely, Snoop Connor, uh, Henry Parrish out of the backfield, right, in some of these matchups and the way that Nick Saban's defense likes to play. I'm going to say Ole Miss jumps out early. Alabama comes back, takes the lead, and Ole Miss ends up winning this thing at the end. I'm going to go Ole Miss 45-41 over. Take the over. It's 79 points. Take the over in this one because there's going to be more than 79 points scored in this game. So we've they got do two- always score first for some reason. They always love scoring like fast and early on us. Then I'm like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we've got two for Alabama. I'm taking Ole Miss, and that is our 3 30 game and now we're going to move on to big 12 country where baylor and oklahoma state are both undefeated guys Mm -hmm. and oklahoma state a three and a half point favorite josh in this one yeah honestly baylor opened up the doors on the uh iowa state hype train last week and threw me off of it um just because that's the team i was riding with and they came out of nowhere with the upset last week and Abram Smith is absolutely a dude, ran the ball really well. They haven't played anyone other than Iowa State, so I want to see how they compete against this Oklahoma State team at Oklahoma State. Um, I'm not mad at Oklahoma State being favorites because they go to Boise State and win and hold them to only 20 points, and then last week beats Kansas State and holds them to only 20 points too. But last week, Baylor's special teams came up big. Listen to this sequence. So they deflected a punt that only went 20 yards um, early in the game, then they kicked a 56-yard field goal from it, like they have Justin Tucker back there or something. 56 yards in college is impressive. Uh, that's really hard to do. Then uh, Treston Ebner, second string running back who does their punt returns and kick returns, had a 98-yard kickoff return for a touchdown in the third quarter, and then he capped that off with a 41-yard punt return in the fourth to put him in position to kick a field goal to go up 31-23, which really ended up being the difference maker to win that game. So special teams wins games, and Baylor has it. They're just – they play on fire. I don't know what it is about this team, but on defense, they are quick to the ball. And like I said, just shut down that Iowa State team last week. I'm excited to see what uniforms they come out with. Those all oh, yellows last week were sweet, man. It, those, those were that, so clean. Those were those are some those are some nice uniforms over there. Donovan, uh, you know, if you have like Josh said, successful special teams and you're able to run the football, um, you know, as a, as I'm showing everybody on the 365 Sports YouTube channel on this graphic, running to win. Baylor has been averaging 272 rushing yards per game. That's right up there with Florida's you know, territory, what they've been doing in SEC play. And, you know, Abram Smith, 413 rushing yards. Tristan Ebner, 348 rushing yards. And the quarterback, Gary Bohannon, 105 rushing yards. When you're able to run with that kind of success, I mean, what is Oklahoma State going to have to do to be able to uh, put Baylor in positions they don't want to be in in this game? Yeah, they're gonna have to match it. I mean, their offensive line is gonna have to take a big step forward. They have a good offensive line, anchored by one one of my former teammates, Danny Goodlevsky. Right? They've got a good, strong, tough offensive line. But again, they're only averaging twenty five points a game. Right? And again, you go up against a pretty complete team in Baylor right now. And again, with the quarterback uh, Bohannon throwing seventy three percent completion rate, mm-hmm. just a very efficient operation. They have going at forty two points a game. You have to match them because neither defense is that outstanding, right? Again, I, I we saw Iowa State struggles on offense 
and yet they still put up almost 30 points against Baylor. Right? It's not going to be a, a stout defensive matchup. Reese Hall was running on those on Baylor. Yeah. I mean, he broke off several runs, so yeah. you know that Oklahoma State's going to be able to do so. But so your your opinion is that the best solution for Oklahoma State is just to keep that uh, Baylor offense off the field, sustain drives, and and chew up a little bit of clock over there. You have to, and you got to have consistent quarterback play, right, from Spencer Sanders because he's been he's kind of been hot and cold, right. If you get consistent play, he doesn't need to be otherworldly, right. But the offensive line needs to keep playing as consistent as they have been. He's got to step it up, right. You keep Baylor off the field, and your defense just plays solid, right, like it has been. You've got a real shot to cover that three and a half point spread. Yeah, big thing, Bohannon. No turnovers this season, and like we talked about, Spencer Sanders. I really want to see how he looked post Tylen Wallace and post Hubbard losing them to the NFL last year. He hasn't been too bad, but last year he was just inconsistent at the worst time possible. And this sets up the perfect stage for him to once again, just turn the ball over and put the ball in Baylor's hands to really control this game. And the winner of this one, guys, is in great shape. I mean, just really being the driver's seat uh, when it comes to, you know, them and, and Oklahoma, uh, really when it comes to the, the big 12 here, Oklahoma state four and two, versus Baylor at home in Stillwater since 2010, guys. And to your point, uh, Donovan, when you when it comes to Oklahoma State, they're only rushing for 144 rushing yards a game. That's a three uh, 3.4 yards per carry. And Jalen Warren is doing the lion's share of the heavy lifting. I mean, he's got 387 rushing yards. The next best on the team is Spencer Sanders, the quarterback, with 120. So definitely they need to be able to establish the run and get some more clock. So uh, go ahead and let's go ahead and finish it off. What's the, what's the, what do we got the scores being in this matchup? Um, I'm picking against Oklahoma state just because I bet um, Boise state and a, a huge parlay I had earlier in the season and they kind of ruined that for me. So I'm a little bitter against Oklahoma state, but I think this, this Baylor team plays hungry. There's just something special about them, you know, off to this great start for a reason. Um, I'm going to say 28-23 Baylor. Yeah, I'm going to go with you as well, Josh. I'm going to go Baylor 30-24. to I think Spencer Sanders makes a few key mistakes and costs him this game. I don't like uh, the, the the offensive play, like you said, Donovan, out of Oklahoma State. I, I don't trust them to not turn the ball over either. They've got turnovers, uh, it seems like, that have cost them in, in, in every game, even though they are undefeated at this point. I'm going to take Baylor to capitalize on those turnovers and also just to really run the ball effectively and have some explosive runs. I'm going to take Baylor big in this one. I'm going to take them 38-21 over mm. Oklahoma State uh, take the take the Bears to to sick them in this one. So we've talked about all of these games have playoff implications, guys. Now, when you talk about playoffs and you talk about you know winning at the highest level, with that typically comes the individual award awards, and there is no higher award out there than the Heisman Trophy. The best there is. The best there was, and the best there ever will be. So each year, the best player in college football gets the Heisman Trophy. And Joshua, what's our update right now with uh, how the Heisman race is, is looking? So top three, I hate to say it, Matt Corral is number one. He's uh, Vegas's favorite right now. And then close behind him is Bryce Young. Sets up for a good little Heisman matchup. Got to figure whoever wins this uh, turns out to be the next favorite. And then Desmond Ritter, number three. 
this is your chance. If you play well against Notre Dame, you protect your spot. Maybe Matt Crow can kind of fall off once we knock them out this game. Um, but an interesting nugget that Donovan brought up was even if Ole Miss loses, but say Matt Crow puts up big numbers, shows that he's that baller, does he still have a chance to win the Heisman? So that's my question for Donovan. Yeah, I think the answer is yes, right? If he goes out there and he drops five, six touchdowns again, oh, right? And he puts up 300 yards, right? You know, maybe a score rushing, right? He's still balling out and the team loses by, you know, it's not a blow. They lose by, you know, 10 points or less. I don't see why he wouldn't remain the favorite unless Bryce Young just comes out and rips off, you know, monster game, which he could. He absolutely could. Can't forget uh, Travion Henderson as well, the running back for Ohio State. He's They're going to lean on him heavily throughout the rest of this year. C.J. Verdell, who put on that tremendous performance against Ohio State, running back for Oregon. And then down here in the in the south, guys, uh, there's there's a little bit of love for a certain defensive tackle. It's just going to be a, a campaign in name only. He doesn't have a real shot at winning the trophy, but they're really rooting for Jordan Davis down here. And, it, guys, it's hard to argue – if you're talking about best player overall in college football, this man is what six foot six, three hundred and forty pounds, and he hit twenty point two miles per hour chasing down the UAB quarterback the other day. That is uh, that is an impressive human being. It's basically like a uh, refrigerator with a rocket booster attached behind it, just going going across the field to to hit somebody. So Jordan Davis, uh, you know, he'll at least get some get some talk. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be uh, surprised if some some people vote him, uh, you know, up into that top ten race of the Heisman before it's all said and done, as long as he remains healthy. So that's our that's our Heisman talk, and now we're going to help you out with some of the the best bets of the week, hit some key matchups for the week, and also the storylines that could be there when we hit our reaction show on Monday. It's time for the big three. <laughs> Big three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big three. Josh, uh, you're you're our resident betting expert here. Uh, what what are the best bets that you like this week? Even though I think on Twitter the last two weeks you've sworn off betting three, three or four times. Go back into it. So, what are the best bets? The top three bets in the big three. Yeah, we gave y'all a free one with over Ole Miss, Alabama. Um, but some of the other little under-the-radar ones here that we picked out, UCLA, Arizona State, over 55 and a half. That's just like a West Coast showdown. I think Jaden Daniels is going to light up the UCLA defense. And then Chardonnay, the fine wine running back out of UCLA, I think he's going to run the ball against that Arizona State defense. So I feel pretty good about that one. Um, I, I think that's probably the one I feel the best about. Kansas State, 10 and a half versus Oklahoma. We talked about how Oklahoma is just starting out sluggish. It seems like they're just not as interested in it. Like Spencer, I mean, uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Spencer Rattler. Sorry. <laughs> Kansas State, 10.5 point favorites over Oklahoma. It's going to be one of those slow, grinding, boring Oklahoma games where they're getting booed once again. Deuce Vaughn's probably going to have 50 rushes and score two touchdowns because that's all Kansas State really has. So I think they, they keep it close because of ball control. I see 10 and a half. I think we're right in that like seven-ish range. So I feel really good about that one. Uh, Spencer Rattler not playing well. Kansas State has held a couple opponents to some low points. So I feel good about that. This is an interesting one. Boston College, 15-point underdogs versus Clemson. How? How? How are they a 15-point underdog? Jump all over that, folks. I'm not even – I don't even, like, bet on the reg, but I'm just telling you, like, if I may, I may go in and submit one on this one. 
they scored 41 points against Missouri last week, which is Missouri's a kind of mid-tier uh, SEC team that I guarantee you if they played Clemson right now, they would they would give them a, a decent decent ball game. So uh, Boston College minus, uh, plus 15, I think that's a that's a great one. There. I think I think Vegas is looking at my guy Phil uh, Dracovic, the quarterback out of Boston College, out for the season. Broke my heart. Really didn't want to watch much. Forty-one football. last week. Exactly. Like Zay Flowers is still part of that offense. I think they're going to give Clemson fits, and then their defense has just been stout the last few years. So Clemson kind of slumped back from that NC State game. They're playing at home once again. I like that. It's just a lot of points. You have to look at points wise. If it's like thirteen and a half, you're like eh, maybe. But that little bit of a difference being 15 might be the difference maker there. It's still just a ton of points. So that's our first of the three categories, our top three bets. Donovan, our top three matchups of the week. First one, we got Mississippi State front seven versus Texas A&M's run game. Again, Texas A&M still a little banged up, right? They they only put up 10 points against Arkansas. I like this matchup against a good Mississippi State uh, front or defensive front. Um, second one is Cincinnati defense versus the Notre Dame offense, more specifically the Cincinnati defensive line versus Notre Dame offensive line. I think the Cincinnati D-line D is poised for a monster game. They have the potential for this against a struggling Notre Dame running game, which you mentioned only a little over two yards of carry and rushing. And again, giving up sacks left and right. It's not looking great for him. Um, and last one, quarterback Matt Corral versus Alabama's back seven. I think he's going to light this show up. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, it wouldn't surprise me if he lights it up and Old Miss gets one. I don't think it'll happen, but I think it's a great matchup. What are the chances? I wish there was odds on, you know, if Matt Corral gives a D's nuts joke to Jordan Battle if he scores a scores a touchdown running by him after the after the the mess up that Jordan Battle had in the in the press conference. How bad, Josh, do you think that that Saban got on Jordan oh, Battle? Oh, absolutely. He he probably had to stay in the uh, ice bath for an extra like hour after that. <laughs> oh, no doubt, no doubt. And then our top three storylines, our third category of three here in the big three, three storylines of week five. These are projected out what could be in the newspapers and online after this weekend matchup. Cincinnati jumps into the top five after taking care of Notre Dame. We all picked Cincinnati to take care of them, and we think that will happen. And obviously, if they do, uh, just the way that AP voters knee-jerk react a lot of the time, you know that Cincinnati's going to jump up, even though I don't think Notre Dame's that good of a football team. C.J. Stroud rebounds after a rocky beginning to his career. Who cares at this you're, point, right? Now. You're gonna see why Michigan's not the best team in the Big Ten when Ohio State uh, drops a 20. Just waiting for the mullet to come in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Quinn Ewers or bust. That's that's where I'm at right now. You know, it's a, it's a lost hope for for Ohio State, anyways. Right now, if they get in the playoffs, there's people are gonna revolt if Ohio State gets in the playoffs. But th- then there will be a push for a 12 team. But uh, Alabama shows the media that they are still for real, despite heavy picks for. Ole Miss upset. Y'all two think that. I think that. I put that in the notes. (laughs) Josh put that in the wrong. I'm sick of it. I think that uh, Ole Miss takes care of business. But, guys, it's always fun talking about college football. This is a packed weekend. Please make sure, guys, that you hit the subscribe button. Turn on notifications, 365 Sports YouTube channel. You can find CFB Unfiltered on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, any podcast platform that you find using CFB Unfiltered. For Josh Taylor and Donovan White, I'm Blaine Gilmer. And remember, we'll be back with you on Monday 
for a reaction Monday episode here on CFB. Lots of hot takes coming your way. Shows presented by Bet Online, and we will see you after a tremendous weekend of college football. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.